0: kopina kanthashitam krishna kirtana bahana natana pano prema amritam mani dh viladhi raja Ninma San Pujito Sweet Tanaka Haro Ubi Buba Barabha Huntarako Rupa Shriji, O Gopalaka, Krishna, Ketan, Kanan, Tan, Param, Premamrita, Ambani, Dhi, Dheera, Dheera, Jana, Priya, Priya, Karam, Nirmasalapu jisam Nana Shastra Vitar Hai Kanipunam Tadharmasanga Sapaka Lokanang Hitakarana Sri Bhuvani Manna Nana sa sari dharadhen kanipunam saddharmasa Lokanam radha Krishna पधारि भजना आनंदी नमत्वालिकौ Rima Ritam Banidi. Ritaita Naguspa Ruby Puga. Mara Ban Tadako. Bandeku Pachanatana Gujako. Rijiba Gopalako. Go round the non-bundanabidho, Sadiyas and sadyasamindhanitam papakapnukintanam tanamitam govinda ganamritang anandaanudibardhanam kanikunam kai ballani diva go palaku krita tim ta nanavana padahu krimanatam bani bhi tatwa to sani sada tuchama Utvadi nagane chaka ukaranayas, toti nakanthasita ukaranayas, krejna Hirav Hirajana Priyavu, Priyakaravu, Shminmasana Puji Kavu, Sri Chaitana Kipa Bharavu, Thubibhuba Bharavahantaraka valleru patnatana rakh jana priya priya karahu nirmasaru ko disam na na shastra vitar nahi dharma
1: Hey Shamsaki, looks like it's just you and me and I can't get this thing to start on Facebook, so we may not have a class today. I got no participants and I can't stream. Wait, I got another phone in.
2: Kuma Jnana Tamirandasya Jnana Jnana Salakaya Chakshurun Militamya Nata Smai Sri Gurudev Namaha Buja Kanaka Bhatato Sankita Kapitaro Kamalaya Takso Vishvambaro Dvijabaro Yugadharma Palo one jagat Jagatriya Karo Karunabo Taro. Vande shi krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito Gurudai Pushpur chitra sundo Sungdo Vande One day she Ramakrishno Abhayo Charano Sako Sukado Paramanando Sundaro Subalaprio. Hey Krishna, Karna Sindhu, Inabandhu Jagatpate Gopisha, Gopika, Kanta, Radha, Kanta, no most Kanchan Gurangi, Radhe, Brinda, Vanishwari, Vishubhanu, Sute Devi, Ranamami, Hudipri.
1: glorious devotees thank you so much for coming um, we have a very poor internet connection here today and because of that I'm my attempts to live stream on Facebook are not uh, meeting with any success oh maybe we just got through Christians uh, mercy uh, in order to uh, capitalize on the little bit of internet that I do have here um, because it does seem that we're streaming now to Facebook I am going to take my video off so the only thing you'll see today are the, uh, the slides which we'll be discussing and hopefully that'll give us a little better feed and a little bit a little better throughput to uh, to Facebook today so Shigoriya uh, Vishnub Guru Paramparaki ki jai, Shijivigos Swami ki jai, Sat Sandarbhas ki jai, Anantakoota jai. We continue today with our discussion. Oh wait, I have one chat here. We'll continue uh, with our discussion today of uh, one specific anucheda from the Bhagavat Sandarbha uh, wherein Jiva Goswami uh, speaks about the Brahman conception of the Supreme Absolute Truth. So, let's see. So again, we Come back to the the main anucheda, which gives the seed conception the entire uh, the entire satsandarbhas, um, as presented uh, by Srila Jiva Goswami at the beginning of his Sandarbha. and his specific anucheda corresponds with. The Vedanti Tat verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Vedanti tat tattavidas tatvamyas jana madvayam rahmati Paramatmeti bhagavaniti sabdati. So I wanted to uh, we're now on the seventh anocheda. Uh, we spoke last week on the sixth anochida, the person eligible for Brahman realization, wherein it was revealed that that person who who wants to enter into Brahman realization uh, is required to engage in sadhana bhakti and uh, worship uh, the Supreme Lord. And we specifically spoke about a verse from the Bhagavatam uh, wherein the, the mental attitude, of that devotion by that yogi uh, and that engagement in sadhana affords them the opportunity to actually have a taste for the sweetness of the personal conception of the Lord. So that taste for the sweetness uh, results in some abas, some shadow of the, uh, the symptoms of bhava, uh, trembling, uh, hair standing on end, uh, tears falling from the eyes. But it's pointed out uh, by Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. In his commentary on this verse from the Bhagavatam, that their hook like mind, uh, although capturing through their devotional activities the attention of Krishna, despite their capturing his attention, uh, the purpose, the intent, of their sadhana, or their engagement in the activities of bhakti, is simply to eventually attain his blessings, and through his blessings uh, reach a level of realization of Brahman. So their mind is considered to be like a hook. And even though they melt in ecstatic symptoms uh, from capturing the Lord, um, just like placing an iron hook in a fire, it will melt. But removing it from the fire, it again takes on its normal characteristics of being hard and Similarly, that yogi, his heart is also hard-hearted, uh, um, even though he's been touched by an association or an a boss of an association of the Supreme Lord. This, of course, affords him the opportunity to go forward and merge into that Brahman conception entirely having been blessed uh, by the Supreme Lord. So we're going to go on to the Anocheta number seven, regarding that manifestation of Brahman, uh, having covered that person that was eligible. So Anochena seven reads as follows. In the following verse and a half, Sri Brahma explains to Narda some specific specifics about the Brahman feature. And then we have a then Jiva Goswami quotes a verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam. That which the sages know as Brahman, which is uninterrupted joy and completely devoid of grief, is merely the pedestal, Pada. Of Bhagavan, the Supreme Person. It is eternally t- tranquil, free from fear, exclusively of the nature of unadulterated consciousness, pure, unchanging, beyond all cause and effect, the source of all individual beings, which cannot be realized through the performance of sacrifice or the chanting of Vedic mantras, and before which the External energy personified, Maya flees out of shame. Jiva Goswami continues in his Anacheta to unpack this verse. The meaning here is as follows That which is known as Brahman, owing to its being the greatest of the great, is but the pedestal of the Supreme Person, Bhagavan, because the Absolute is first immediately intuited as indeterminate. Since Brahman is Bhagavan's feature as indeterminate existence, and since the immediate apprehension of Bhagavan, who is self-endowed with various wonderful qualities, such as a beautiful form, occurs only after the intuition of Brahman, this Brahman which is the innate existence of Bhagavan is thus the basis for the realization of Bhagavan, Padam Bhagavata. Sri Barma then goes on to explain the essential characteristics of indeterminate Brahman with words such as matra, unadulterated consciousness, and Ajasra, Sukha. Uninterrupted joy.
2: <clears throat>
1: so we can see that Jiva Goswami, by r- relating in his Anucheta this one verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, he's bringing out by a unpacking of that verse, the exact nature of Brahman realization and how that Brahman realization is experienced. Uh, and as really, as he says in the verse, as Brahma says in the verse, I believe it was Brahma. Yes, he's, Brahma is speaking to Narada here. And he's he's explaining as Brahman is this pedestal, pada of Bhagavan. It's the basis upon which um, self-realization begins to manifest. In that, uh, first we have this Brahman conception, and and revelation. Now it's a little different, uh, as will be pointed out when we get to the commentary section. It's a diff- little different from the. For the Bhaktas. Uh, they do uh, have an initial revelation of Brahman uh, as they progress and as they in their devotional life, uh, but that is not the same as those uh, transcendentalists who aspire to enter into Brahman as their uh, ultimate goal. I'm going to read on a little bit and explain as we read here that substantive which appears as the as the absence of matter and sorrow which is eternal unchanging is brahman the atmatatva the root source of all selves the word atma here indicates that brahman is realized itself luminous, and as the essential ground of untainted, supreme love. How is it that the joy found in Brahman is uninterrupted? Brahmaji says, Brahman is eternally tranquil, sasvat prasantam, and eternally free from disturbance. Similarly, Brahman is free from fear, abhaya and exempt from grief, visoka. Piety is not the cause of this joy, as implied by the phrase, which cannot be realized through the performance of sacrifices or the chanting of Vedic mantras. Sounds or words intoned during the performance of sacrifice, which generate piety, are ineffective in bringing about apprehension of Brahman. Only the Upanishads have the self illuminating power to disclose Brahman. As is said, I inquire about that person who is known from the Upanishads. Any supposition that Brahman's essential joy arises from the senses is rendered inconsistent by the use of the words like Suda pure. Pure here means free from defects. Sama unchanging means devoid of any increment or decrement. And sad asata param means situated beyond all cause and effect. So, what Shiva's is bringing out here is the fact that this brahman realization has to be obtained as it descends from the transcendental realm. Now, of course, we know that the yogi and also the bhakti can engage in certain processes whereby they can make the field of their heart, um, they can prepare the field of their heart uh, for Um, practice that will eventually lead to the opportunity for transcendental realization to take hold. But transcendental revelation and realization, whether it be that of Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan, that is coming down from the transcendental realm. So there's no amount of piety. What Jiva's pointing out here by unpacking Brahma's statement from the Bhagavatam is no amount of sacrificial activities. Sacrificial activities basically are entered into in order to gain heaps of piety. And those heaps of piety can be utilized uh, within material life to offset heaps of sinful reaction, which may come from all kinds of activities that we engage with in material life. So, that kind of an action, those kind of sacrifices performed with that intent, uh, are not going to allow the practitioner the revelation of Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan. It's a very important point that we need to understand. And we understand that specifically in relationship to bhakti by the use of the term in bhakti, yadrichaya. there's really nothing that brought about the good fortune which afforded us as practitioners of bhakti. There's nothing that we did that gave us an opportunity for that good fortune. That good fortune is coming from the transcendental realm. Now it's coming in a specific way. It's coming through the empowerment of bhakti in the Lord's devotees. So the Lord's devotees are those dispensers of that good fortune whereby one can engage in The practice of bhakti. Similarly, here in this verse, Brahma is pointing out that the practice of a spiritual discipline with the intent of the realization of the Brahman feature of the absolute truth, that is nurtured by the descent of transcendental form through, that's available through the Upanishads. So it's not that those yogis, transcendentalists striving for Brahman, are going to be able to attain that by any amount of of sacrificial activity, by any amount of personal endeavor. It's not possible, and we should we should understand this as I said, deeply, because sometimes we see as we read Shastra statements to the effect that even no amount of sadna can afford us entrance and true an advancement in bhakti, that bhakti is acting through, th- on her own. She is completely independent. There's nothing we can do to capture bhakti, just as there's nothing we can do to capture the Lord. Um, but as Swami Tripurari likes to say, and I think it's it's well said by him there, that we endeavor in the practice of sadhana bhakti as if the result. Was dependent on our endeavor, knowing, knowing all the while that truly the result is fully dependent on the merciful dispensation of, of, of the guru, of the sadhus, of of Bhakti Devi herself. Of Lord Krishna. All these are the true contributing factors to, to our spiritual advancement. So even looking here to this verse, we can find insights into, into what is the essence of devotional practice and the true underlying truth as far as spiritual advancement, we'll read on here a little bit. What more is there to say? Jiva Goswami writes Maya herself cannot remain before Brahman. Out of shame, she flees from those who are favorably disposed to Brahman, the living, liberated beings, Jivan Muktas, keeping far, far away from them. So when you see somebody in the world like a Sukadev Goswami, someone that's fully free uh, from the influence of Maya, uh, f- fully liberated, uh, they're they're not influenced at all by the modes of material nature. When the true nature of Bhagavan is made clearly visible, Brahman is automatically understood. Thus, Brahmasandharva is contained within Bhagavat Sandarbha. So, Jiva takes us to this point, that truly there's not much more to be said about this pedestal that holds up the Supreme Lord which is simply a manifestation of his indeterminate feature. If we take transcendence and we take away all of its characteristics, what we're left with is this essential, joyful nature of being, which is Brahman. Little something from the commentary on this particular Anucheda. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur quotes a verse from Sisupal Vada by the poet Maga to elucidate this point. The verse gives a description of Narda Muni arriving at the Sudharma assembly house of the Yadavas in Dwarka. As Narda had the mystic power to fly, he approached by way of the sky. The quote is as follows. Sri Krishna first saw him as a bright mass of effulgence. When he came closer, he could understand that it was some being having a body. When he came still closer, he saw a human form. When he landed in front of them, he finally recognized him as Sri Narda." Similarly, This Brahman conception, we have to understand, even though we we often hear, this is the effulgence of the Supreme Lord. Well, if we're to consider this effulgence, unlike the the radical non-dualists, the Mayavadis, their conception is, uh, it is just the effulgence. But As we know any illumination, there has to be a source for the illumination. So similarly, there has to be a source for this Brahman effulgence. Just as the illumination coming from the sun cannot exist without the sun globe, similarly Brahman cannot exist without the source of Brahman, which is Bhagavan. Sri Jiva Goswami concludes by saying that if Bhagavan is rightly understood, one will know Brahman in the proper perspective. In fact, one cannot come to to a thorough understanding of Brahman without understanding Bhagavan, inasmuch as one cannot understand sunlight without the sun. Therefore, Jiva Goswami did not compile a separate treatise on Brahman, Although Brahman is the subject of hundreds of books by Manas and other schools of, in Vedanta, actually no independent analysis is required. Hence, these few paragraphs, which conclude with this verse, can be called Brahma Sandarbha. But they are, in fact, but a small portion of Bhagavat Sandarbha. Shijiva Goswami analyzes. Bhagavat Tattva from this perspective. What more is there to say? <laughs> when, we, when we consider from the from our perspective, from the school of 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 bhakti, uh, this whole idea regarding the supreme absolute truth, the Brahman aspect. Is truly minuscule in relationship to all that can be said about Krishna and his various potencies, his Shaktis, his energies, his associates, his Leela's, his his Dams. There's unlimited, so unlimited that, that as Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur pointed out, we can print a paper every day about krishna and and there never reach an end of what can be said like ananta he could he can chant continually about the unlimited potencies and qualities of the supreme lord and never even touch upon a fraction of them as i said when we uh, began these discourses, I wanted to give uh, everyone a, a good overview of what is in <clears throat> uh, the beginning three sandarbhas before we dive deeply into the Krishna Sandarbha, which is that conception of the supreme absolute truth, which is which is so key uh, to our ideal and to our desire for spiritual attainment. So we 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 went through to some little bit of detail the tattva sandarbha. We're not going into the Bhagavad Sandarbha quite as deeply. But I do think that it will serve all of us well to look at just the uh, just this table of contents of the Anuchetas that constitute the Bhagavad Sandarbha. So we've gone into some detail on the sixth and seventh Anucheta. We can see that. Shiva Goswami then begins to develop more the, the and reveal to the readers uh, the nature of, of um, Bhagavan. Uh, and just as he did with Brahman realization, the person eligible for Brahman, he says devotion is the means for Bhagavan realization. And as we went into that devotion is coming In a causeless manner into the world, into human society, through the devotees, through the sadhas, through those that have some personal relationship with Krishna, with Bhagavan, they can share that with others. And that is truly the core of the retelling by Srila Vyasadeva of the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's a samadhi basha that this, what we are striving for, and what the Bhagavat Purana is giving as the foundation of our spiritual practice, is all based upon realization of the Supreme Lord. That is our objective. Uh, We want to to realize Krishna um, fully, and just as Burman realization is the pedestal upon which the personalized aspect of the supreme uh, stands, so that Upon the Brahman realization, then we can begin to enter into a deep appreciation of the various characteristics of the personality of Godhead. And then we can enter deeper through Brahman, through the Bhagav- excuse me, through the Bhagavan realization into Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam this key Pariva Sutra of the Bhagavata Sundarva that allows us entrance into the deep understanding of what is uh, Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead. So, Devotion is the means to Bhagavan realization. Uh, Bhagavan manifests according to the mood of the devotee. And then Jiva goes on to explain the mutually conflicting potencies. How can you have, you know, the Lord, uh, and how can there be all of the, the various energies coming from the Supreme Lord which seem to be in conflict, the spiritual realm and the material realm, in entirely different from each other. And uh, I wanted to touch upon a couple points from the 16th Anucheta, which I would, again, I'm just bringing out different um, Anuchetas to highlight them so that hopefully uh, I can, with the hook of these discourses, capture your uh, uh, your curiosity to when your time allows and your study uh, proclivity uh, so directs you, uh, inspires you uh, to enter deeply into Jiva Goswami's immense contribution. This contribution is the, as I said, it forms a a firm foundation upon which um, our our deep development of a relationship with the Supreme Lord can be built. So it's not that we should expect without understanding as deeply as our intellect allows and as much as that understanding nourishes our practice, um, that we can just immediately jump to wanting to we can, from the beginning, of course, want to have a personal relationship with Krishna, but a full development of that loving relationship with the Supreme Lord will entail a a full appreciation for everything that he is. And like this Bhagavat Sandarbha that Jiva's Offering, He's pulling things out of the Bhagavatam to introduce us to the nature of the Supreme Lord. And the more we know Him, the more we can develop our loving sentiments for Him. These things do go hand in hand as a general principle. There are exceptions. Uh, the general rule is advancing through the stages of sadhana bhakti in order to assist us in clearing, in going through the stages of uh, bhajana kriya, coming up to the stage of setting the misconceptions aside, anartha-nivritti. This stage of anartha is is not just the stage of of giving up bad habits from a moralistic viewpoint. It's giving up also misconceptions regarding what is God? What are God's different energies? How do those different energies uh, interact? And uh, all those... All those understandings, when seen properly, when we've developed the proper conceptual orientation under the direction of the spiritual master, uh, with the guidance of the sadhus and the shastra, when when these things combine to give us the deepest proper conceptual understanding, then our love will truly blossom. This is the normal course in the progression from sadhana to bhava to preim bhakti. So let's look at this one Anucheta here, the 16th Anucheta. The one Anucheta, the reason I brought it out is, the Anucheta itself in in book form uh, comprises 25 pages, just this one Anucheta. So, Jiva is really highlighting this point uh, for us as readers of the Bhagavata Sandarbha, that Krishna has unlimited intrinsic potencies. This is from the Anacheda itself. The one absolute reality, by its natural inconceivable power, always exists in four aspects as his own self. As his inherent magnificence, Tadrupa Vibhav, or in other words, the transcendental potency inherent in and emanating from his being, Hiswarup Shakti. Three, as the living beings, Jivas, and four, as Pradhan, the unmanifest material nature. So in this Anucheta, as I said, which is so extensive, he completely unpacks these four ideas as to the nature of the Lord's intrinsic energies. Uh, And we can see by just simply looking at the titles of various Anuchetas, Uh, The unpacking, the understanding of Maya's two divisions, uh, uh, the Jiva dependent on Bhagavan for his power of cognition, and coming up to the 24th anucheda, the qualities of Bhagavan are intrinsic to its nature. A further unpacking here. In the 24th Anucheda, now by concluding that all of Bhagavan's qualities and suts belong to his essential nature, Anucheta's 11 through 24, his internal energy will be further explained from here through the end of this Sandarbha. In the prayers of the personified Vedas, it is affirmed that the qualities of the Lord are inherent in his swarup, they are intrinsic to his nature. So now Jiva is going to go deeper into and explain to us the nature of his internal energy and further unpack that. Something from the commentary here that I wanted to share. There's a little Quite a few things, um, as I think it's important that we we gain some entrance into uh, the core of what is the Sandarbha. So written there in the commentary by Sachin Narayan Das Babaji, the philosophy of Bhagavatam establishes one absolute non-dual truth without any peer. The natural questions that follow are, why is there empirical duality, and what is the nature of this absolute truth that is one without a second? This is a difficult subject to understand and even more difficult to explain. Different wisdom schools have propagated different doctrines attempting to accommodate empirical duality within the transcendental absolute. This terminology, achinta, inconceivable. It's knowable, but it's these conflicting potencies are are quite amazing. So, different wisdom schools. One second. Uh, Attempting to accommodate empiric duality within the transcendental absolute. So uh, naturally, it's it's going to be difficult for us to, to understand this, because we can understand the world of duality, but then you're talking about the absolute world and the absolute truth and that personality. And that personality, he also has characteristics. And he also has associates, and he has abodes, and he engages in activities himself, transcendental lila, which appear to be of the same nature as the dualities that we engage in within his external energy. So how are these things explained? Mainly, they can be divided into two groups, those who regard the absolute as oneness only, radically unqualified, non-theistic Vedanta. In other words, really the topmost absolute realization from a certain group of transcendentalists, which we call radical transcendentalists, Mayavadis, they look upon anything that has any duality as Maya. So, if there's any any characteristics, any qualities that that are coming, uh, they have to be seen as, as coming in the same way as the realities and the dualities of material existence. Because in the ultimate end, The supreme cannot have individualized characteristics and qualities. Those are only available in the world of duality. The first group comprehends absolute reality as undifferentiated, all-pervading, and devoid of energy, quality, and personhood. This includes primarily Sankaracharya's Mayavad interpretation of Advaita vad So the first group, non-theistic Vedanta, comprehends absolute reality as undifferentiated, all-pervading, and devoid of energy, quality, and personhood. It couldn't be any other way from their perspective. From their perspective, if there is any any qualities, any anything of um, anything that resembles. <laughs> there cannot be anything that resembles what is experienced in the material realm in the transcendental realm. The second group, the theistic Vedantists including the Vaishnavs, who mainly adhere to five philosophies. vad, non-duality with distinction of Sri Ramanujacharya, Dvaitavad, duality of Sri Madhvacharya, Swabhavika-Beda-Beda, simultaneously duality and non-duality of Sri Nimbarkacharya, Dvaita, Pura-dvaita of Sri Balavacharya, and a Chinta Beta Beta of Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, all these different, different conceptions from the theistic viewpoint are just different ways of looking at the Lord's energies. They're looked at differently by these different schools of. Vaishnavs. They all accept the supreme personality of Godhead, that Bhagavan, the absolute truth, and the ultimate issue is a person, and he has various energies. Now, how do they look at those energies? Those different differ from one group to another, as propounded by one Samradaya or another, and their main proponents. We'll finish up a little bit from this commentary here. According to Srila Jiva Goswami, the Bhagavatam philosophy propounds the doctrine of Achinta Beta Beta. In fact, this term itself is is said to have come uh, from Srila Jiva Goswami. The Supreme Lord has energies, and these energies are simultaneously one with and different from Him. This is inconceivable. Such inconceivability does not imply implausibility. After all, logically, the absolute truth has to have such inconceivable features, because it is the plane of existence wherein all contradictions are reconciled. Here, oneness and difference must coexist. So, this idea of <clears throat> uh, the inconceivable potencies of the Lord, for for those in in our sampradaya, our school of thought, these are these are not difficult to as explained here they're not implausible we can understand how the baby krishna can be sitting on your soda's lap and open his mouth and your soda can look in his mouth and see everything existing within him including herself holding krishna on his on her lap opening his mouth inf- infinitely this is this is this is not implausible to us we understand the lord has infinite potencies and infinite we cannot come to an end of it just like the brahma vimohan lila how to how to comprehend this brahma vimohan lila that enlightened Brahma as to the nature, the true nature of Krishna at the height of his play. Uh, and, And gave him entrance into the deepest revelations regarding the Lord. And truly, if you think of a Chinta, Beta, Beta, inconceivably one and different, what is more inconceivably one and different than the Lord expanding himself as all the cowherds and all the calves, holding on to all the specific characteristics of their personalities to such an extent that Even their parents could not detect a difference. How much that gives us entrance into some little idea of the potencies of the Supreme Lord and how he is truly the self of all selves. And as much as we think we know ourselves, he knows us to that extent and more. How deep is that philosophical understanding? So all these various contradictions that one could see and and point out, which Jiva unpacks in this Bhagavat Sandarbha, and how to see those through the eyes of the Bhagavat and truly understand that Krishna can possess all these, all these characteristics and all these apparent contradictions, can be there, so much so as we say that he can be through his various shaktris and his expansions of his various, of various aspects of his of his self, into different personal personalities that maintain all of Vaikuntha that maintain and, and develop the whole material energy from Narayan to the, 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 the various manifestations of Paramatma, Karna-Dakshai Vishnu, garbo Vishnu, Kashira-Dakshai Vishnu, all the while that Krishna is manifesting. All of this, he himself can be engaged in the most intimate, loving exchanges in pastimes with his his closest associates in Galoka and in various expansions from there throughout the unlimited universes. And go cools where he's enacting his pastimes to capture the interest of humanity. He can be all that to such an extent that when engaged in those pastimes as Bhagavan Shri Krishna, the Bhagavan can be set aside. His Godhood could be set aside. How wonderful and inconceivable is that? So, we have another subject that we're going to enter into from the Bhagavat Sandarbha before we push on uh, to the Paramatma Sandarbha for a quick overview of Krishna's manifestation. From Bhagavan, from Bhagavan, we, we get this, this other expansion, Narayan, as we said, and we get to this stage of, of, of the Shristi Leela and the, uh, the desire to show compassion uh, coming in the Paramatma. So, again, just scan through these various Anuchetas and the titles that have been attributed to them. His forms unlimited. His body is Advaya Brahma. Um, his forms unlimited. It contains everything. Krishna is the Paramatma, Part One and Part Two. Uh, his name, form, actions, and attributes are all transcendental. His senses are transcendental. Contra- contradictory statements reconciled. Again, Jiva Goswami has taken. And by exploring the Bhagavatam to such depth, he's been able to pull out all these various nuggets of transcendental truth, these various tattvas, and expand upon them by highlighting different portions of the Bhagavat Purana, the Srimad Bhagavatam, and in such a way that, although we may have read the Bhagavatam, did we ever see that that nugget of transcendental reality and truth was in that verse? He brings all those out from his perspective as presented. And believe me, there are unlimited sandharvas that can be written from that Bhagavat Purana. This is just Jiva Goswami bringing out these different aspects of transcendental reality, but these verses in and of themselves can be unpacked in in so many different ways to bring out so much transcendental reality. He's given us an entrance into how that is accomplished in our sampradaya and how it is accomplished by uh, by the acharyas coming forth from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, we come on to this 61st at Ucheda, and we're going to begin there in our next discussion. I hope you're able to attend the next discussion uh, where we'll co- cover this, and we're going to enter into, as you can see, a very interesting subject matter. No one falls to the material world. Um, As you can imagine, uh, the commentary alone on this 61st Anucheta is the longest that is presented uh, uh, in the Bhagavat Sandarbha. And what we're going to do is we're going to see, try to present in our next class, um, the necessity for presenting uh, For preaching purposes, um, a different idea, and also the fact that truly any misconceptions that may be there as regards to the nature of the jiva and the source of the the jiva um, can be properly comprehended. From from the Bhagavatam, and that really, even my spiritual master, his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada, his his apparently contradictory statements in this regard, how they can be reconciled, and how. There's truly, although he made other statements, his Bhagawat, his Bhagavatam commentary itself uh, is consistent as to the nature of this matter. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to present some interesting points there in our next discussion. I thank you so much for your association. If anybody has any questions, we will certainly attempt to answer them. No one's coming forward. I will as always thank you so much for your kind association Banchakalpatubia cha, creepers in the bee of a cha, petitioned on Pabevio, the Moon Maha. Hare Krishna, thank you so much.
2: Sri Mandula Chandra Prabhuki, Jai.
0: Jai. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Danga, krishna kirtana balana tanapano prema amritam maniidhi viradhi rajana priyau niya karalu